On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, a number of new in-car entertainment features are on the way for your Tesla. A new report sheds light on the technical side of Autopilot Hardware 4. Tesla hits a supercharger milestone and more. What's happening, friends? Ryan McCaffrey here with you for episode 382 of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, this one for November 27th, 2022. I hope all of you Americans out there had a wonderful Thanksgiving. We did here at my home. I'm very grateful for that. Uh, so that was, a, it's just nice to have a little downtime, a little family time, take a little break before the final stretch run of the work year heading into the holidays. Hey, last week, by the way, near the end of the show, I mentioned that I was going to do a listener meetup at the Peterson Auto Museum to say to see the Tesla exhibit there. And I said the wrong month. So naturally, yes, I meant December 8th at 10 a.m., which is when the museum opens. Please email me if you do uh, plan to attend which is my email address is teslapodcast at gmail.com. It is going to be super informal. I'm not coordinating any sort of formal anything. Everybody's responsible for their own ticket and all of that. But I would love to just get an idea of how many of you might actually turn up. It'll be nice to meet some of you. Also, I hope everybody on my Patreon that has access enjoyed this week's lightning round mini episode which was, in the spirit of Thanksgiving, all about the things in my Tesla life that I am most thankful for. I hope you'll take a listen to that if you have access on Patreon. And as a reminder, anytime that you join the Patreon at that ludicrous tier or higher, the $10 uh, per month tier, you will get access to not just that lightning round mini episode, a weekly mini episode, but all of them. And there are now 24 of them. So Take a look at that. If you're curious, you can find out more on my Patreon page found at patreon.com slash Podcast. I also wanted to note before we get rolling with the proper news for this week, if you are shopping for Tesla-themed holiday gifts for your friends, for your family, or you want to drop hints to others in your life for yourself, I wanted to point out to you that there are a bunch of new gifty type things, hats, that sort of thing, on the online Tesla shop, which you can find at shop.tesla.com. And then the one last thing before I get to this week's big news stories, I want to say congratulations to all of you out there who have been waiting patiently to get into the full self-driving beta, and you finally got in this past week. I know there were a lot of you that got let in because, well, Tesla rolled it out wide, as promised. Elon Musk tweeted this week, Tesla full self-driving beta is now available to anyone in North America who requests it from the car screen, assuming you have bought this option. Congrats to the Tesla autopilot slash AI team on achieving a major milestone, end quote. So welcome to all of you. Have fun, stay safe, don't trust it too much. It's still gonna take some getting used to, and it's still beta software that's not fully ready to be rolled out to anyone who purchases it 
Obviously this is now, it's basically moved from a closed beta to an open beta now. And you know, on that note, I would love to hear from some of you if you want to call in. I am curious to hear impressions from those of you who are just jumping into the beta now versus somebody like me who's been in the program for over a year now. And what I mean by that is I'm curious with with your point of view, your context, are you blown away by uh, this version 10.69.3.1 and that being your first your entree into the full self-driving beta. Are you, so are you blown away? Are you underwhelmed? Something in between? I would genuinely love to hear from some of you on this. I'll give you my first impressions of this build, not to color your impressions. Uh, hopefully, but all of you that are new have, have had a chance to drive it at least once or twice by now. But I will say, I wish I had better a better report to share, but... My impressions of this build are not good so far. The first time I took it out, it was slowing down to eight miles an hour when moving through the main street of my neighborhood through intersections that I had the right of way on. There were no stop signs in my direction. There were no lights, but it just, it was getting into the, into the intersection, which it should have just proceeded through with its right of way. And instead, it just slowed down from 25 miles an hour to 8 miles an hour. And it did this a few times. And then, when I was closing in on my destination, it missed a turn off, uh, missed a turn off of a main road onto a side street because it couldn't get over to the right lane in time because another car was there. So, what did it do when it missed the turn and the other car had gone by? Well, it just stopped. It literally stopped in the right-hand lane in the middle of a reasonably busy street. Now, thankfully, it wasn't busy in that moment. So I gave it a second. I was like, okay, what's it going to do? And it just sat there. So then I gave up. I intervened and then drove manually to the to the rest of my, my trip to my destination. I have to say, it was such a disappointing first outing on this build for me that... When I got to where I was going, or I guess I should say when I went to leave where I had been, I recalibrated the cameras in the service menu of the car to see if that would help. And well, I took it out again today since that recalibration, and it did help maybe a little bit in that it didn't slow down to eight miles an hour in the same spots uh, around my neighborhood that that it was doing the day before, but it was still just not making good decisions, not behaving in a way that a person would. I will say this, though. We know that recent versions have been giving specific attention to unprotected lefts. Chuck Cook's famous unprotected left turn. I had it do a couple of unprotected lefts, and it did great, including there was one in particular, one unprotected left that I've tried it at before, and it's, it's failed catastrophically before. And it did it really well this time. Like, it nailed it. So it, I can see the, the diligent manual effort, the, the specific focus and attention that was put into Unprotected Lefts, at least in my first couple of drives on it. But overall, overall so far, not super thrilled with my experience with this version. I hope you are having a better experience with it than I am. All right, well, I'm already seven minutes into the show. Let's get down to business here. First up, 
some potential hardware for news this week. I saw this on the Tesla Motors Reddit, but ultimately it comes from longtime Tesla China insider slash observer Ray4Tesla on Twitter, who I've cited on this podcast before, and he is citing a local media report, and Ray tweeted, TSMC is reportedly set to produce four or five nanometer chips, FSD chips, for Tesla starting in 2023. If confirmed, Tesla would be among TSMC's top seven clients and their first EV client ever. So thank you to Ray for that. Now, I do say potential hardware for news because I have to journalistically say, you know, hedge my bet a little bit, but I just can't imagine that this would be anything but the hardware for chip itself that will live behind your glove box on the passenger side, a.k.a. the full self-driving computer 2. That's the name that had been previously assigned to it by Tesla all the way back at the first, well, not the first AI day, pardon me, Autonomy Day back in 2019. So first of all, we're talking about TSMC here, one of the largest chip makers in the world. So that's pretty cool. And at the scale that Tesla's aiming for, remember, Tesla's trying to hit 20 million cars produced per year by 2030, which is only seven years from now, or at least seven years from when this deal begins in 2023. Now, are we probably going to have a hardware five before 2030? Yeah, I would be willing to bet lunch on that. But still, you get my point. Tesla is going to need help from major players in the chip-making industry like TSMC in order to achieve the supply that they're going to need for their growing annual fleet, their growing annual production. Second thing on this, EVs are a gigantic business that is currently largely untapped for chip makers like TSMC, since, as we all know, pretty much every new car is going to be an EV very soon, a.k.a a computer on wheels. So it really does make perfect business sense for TSMC to want to sign some EV clients. And hey, why not start with the biggest one of them all in Tesla? Third point on this, regarding the chip size, four or five nanometers with this means that the power required for full self-driving computer two is going to be significantly less than what a larger chip would require. That's one of the benefits you get by going with a smaller chip. Now, less power obviously means more efficiency, better efficiency, and it also means that the card will generate less heat as well, another added benefit. And I should add as well that this allows them to make the FSD computer to a smaller card, a physically smaller card, or it allows Tesla to pack more computational horsepower onto the same size card that they're using now for hardware three slash the full self-driving computer. And then the last thing I wanted to talk about on this subject is the start date, 2023. Therefore, this would seem to suggest that hardware four is not as a whole anyway in production yet, and thus, probably not going to imminently show up in any cars. 
Is it possible that Tesla has other suppliers besides TSMC on the full self-driving computer too? Absolutely that's possible. But the timing on this TSMC deal to me would suggest that they're probably going to debut FSD Computer 2 at minimum Q2 of 2023. And more likely, I think Hardware 4, meaning the new cameras and FSD Computer 2, probably will debut in the Cybertruck, as Elon said about a year and three months ago. I mean, as I've said before, the question for us is, how long will it take to move to the other four Teslas? How long will it take for Hardware 4 to be in every Tesla that's newly produced? Is it gonna go into all five of them simultaneously once the Cybertruck goes into production in the middle of next year? Will it be a gradual ramp, starting with Hardware 4 and the Cybertruck, then going into the new S and the new X, and then the 3 and the Y? I don't know. Any of those are possible. But Tesla immediately started rolling out Hardware 3 to the entire fleet, all the cars. Back in March of 2019, that would have been all three cars at that point, S, 3, and X. But then again, Tesla's volumes were also a lot lower three years ago. So we'll see if there's anything gradual about this transition, this upcoming and imminent transition to Hardware 4, or if it's going to all be rolled into the entire Tesla fleet at the same time. Next up this week, we move into the in-car entertainment block of the podcast this week. Good news, Tesla is finally adding Apple Music to its cars. This was posted by Not A Tesla App, who wrote, Aaron Cash showed photos via Twitter of Tesla's new exhibit at the Peterson Auto Museum in LA, which opened this past Sunday, November 20th. Aaron found that Apple Music was included in one of Tesla's vehicles. See, at the exhibit, Tesla has the interior of the new Model S set up, complete with a center console, steering wheel, and infotainment system, so that attendees can experience the yoke steering wheel and its blazing fast processing for maps, games, and entertainment. The quote-unquote vehicle was running, basically this, by the way, it's called a buck. That is uh, how, you may remember back when uh, Maya Moldenhauer was on this podcast talking about when the, when the uh, Studio MDHR development team was bringing Cuphead to the Teslas, I had her on, interviewed her about it. She shared that, that, the, that when Tesla sends out these, basically these functioning dashboards, but without the rest of the car, out to uh, app developers that, that are doing something for Tesla, that kit, that dashboard is referred to as a buck. Anyway, back to the not a Tesla app write-up. The vehicle was running a developer version of Tesla's OS with version number 2022.40.50, and this is where Apple Music was found. According to the software menu in the vehicle, the vehicle's VIN, which again, it's not a real car, was set to P3TERS3N1P000BUCK. In other words, Peterson Buck. There you go. That, <laughs> that'll make it make sense. The Tesla release, release notes for the inclusion of Apple Music have been shared on Twitter by friend of the podcast, Tesla Raj. 
The release notes read as follows. Stream over 100 million songs and 30,000 playlists ad-free. Listen to your entire library, discover more music, and tune into live radio stations. To access Apple Music, tap the Apple Music icon in the application launcher, scan the QR code with your mobile device, and log in with your Apple ID. Note, a premium connectivity subscription is required to stream Apple Music over a cellular connection. First of all, heck of a find here at the Peterson by Aaron Cash. Aaron, I don't know if you're a listener to this podcast, but if you are, bravo and well done. So this is, uh, yeah, an unexpected find at the Peterson of all places. My guess would be that this was something that the Tesla team didn't even think about when they were putting the exhibit together, since it is a buck that you can play with so that you can see how the yoke steering wheel feels. They had these exact bucks, it probably is the exact one, back at the Plaid Model S launch event last year. Uh, Second on this, let's just cut to the chase. This is excellent news, Apple Music coming over. More audio options is always a good thing. I like seeing Tesla add more value to that $10 a month premium connectivity subscription. Now, I guess I suppose I should be careful what I wish for here, though, as I say that, because if Tesla keeps adding things to the premium connectivity package, we could get to a point where Tesla feels like they can justifiably raise the price on that annual, or pardon me, monthly subscription package that, pro tip, just in case you're not aware, yes, you can do an annual subscription to premium connectivity for $99, thus saving yourself 20 bucks a year. Now, personally, as I've said many times in the past, you're probably tired of hearing about it, I have a lifetime subscription to Sirius XM that has paid for itself several times over at this point because I got that subscription back in late 2005, right before... The uh, Right before I got my new car, right before Howard Stern went over to Sirius, I was a dedicated Stern listener back then. And I'll tell you this, I like a lot of the channels on Sirius XM. Uh, I like the Spectrum, I like Lithium, E Street Radio for you Springsteen fans out there, Octane is a, is a favorite of mine, etc. And so I would be over the moon if I could get a cellular data-based Sirius XM app natively in my Tesla. Because of course, the Model 3 and the Model Y don't have a physical satellite radio antenna embedded anywhere in the car, thus it would have to be a Sirius XM app that uh, stream the music via the cellular data connection. The good news is that I can now do that. Yes, Sirius XM. But the bad news is that I can't actually do that, at least for now, because the SiriusXM app appears to only be in the new Model S and Model X. So yes, the next story this week, Tesla has started pushing a new software update that enables SiriusXM and immersive sound in the new Model S. This story comes via Electrek, but a thank you to listener Don Rudy for, sh- for sending me this story, for sharing it, I should say. I started to say sen- uh, sending and sharing and tried to make those into one word, and that's not how the English language works. Anyway, thank you, Don. The electric piece reads as follows. 
While Tesla started delivering the new Model S with a refreshed interior and a new powertrain back in June of 2021, the automaker hadn't completed the software just yet. For example, the vehicles were sold with Sirius XM compatibility, but it wasn't enabled. This week, Tesla started pushing a new software update 2022.32.10 to new Model S vehicles enabling Sirius XM connectivity. Tesla wrote in the release notes, quote, you can now access Sirius XM from the media source selector with a Sirius XM subscription, end quote. Furthermore, the update also includes improvements to Tesla's immersive sound system. With the updated version of the Model S, Tesla introduced a new audio system, quote, a 22-speaker, 960-watt audio system offers the best listening experience at home or on the road, and new microphones enable active noise canceling. Well, the active noise canceling piece, or ANC, as it's uh, referred to in shorthand, the ANC piece of this has been promised since before the Model S started delivering in the summer of last year. And that is the thing that I'm really eager to hear how well that works in practice from those of you that do have the new Model S. Best of all, what's fun about this is that you will really be able to tell, or hopefully that's the goal, is you'll be able to easily tell because any of you out there with a new Model S, well, you've had plenty of seat time in your car without the active noise canceling, and thus you will be able to pretty easily compare it to your car with this new update that has the active noise cancellation. So please let me know what you think. Again, feel free to call in. I'd love to hear your opinion. And with regard to SiriusXM, I hope that this is an app that's using, again, the car's cellular data connection. I'd be surprised if all the new S's and X's have been shipping with a physical satellite radio antenna installed in them, which by the way, is, is what the old S's and X's did, and it would have to have been dormant this whole time on the new S and the X. But it's not out of the question that that is what Tesla's been doing. But if this doesn't come to the three and the Y for whatever reason, whether it's because there really is a physical antenna embedded in the roofs of the new S and the X, or something else, it's gonna make me wanna get a new Model S even more than I already do. And I'm not even finished paying off my Model 3. I can't afford a Model S anyway, so don't, that's a hollow threat, I promise you. But yeah, that'll be, uh, if, if the SiriusXM app is only available on the new S and new X, and not on the 3 and the Y. That, that'll sting a little bit. That'll sting a little bit. I, I won't lie. By the way, uh, since we are talking a lot about streaming music services on this episode, I thought it made sense to make it the subject of this week's Patreon poll, which again, you can vote on. You don't need to be a Patreon backer. It's open to the public. You can find the poll. Again, I'm trying to do those every Tuesday night. Find it on my Patreon page, as I mentioned earlier, patreon.com slash Podcast. And this week, the question was simple. What music service do you want most in your Tesla? The number one choice of the 170 votes total, 44% of you voting for Apple Music. So great news. You're about to get exactly what you want. So that's good stuff. Coming in second place was SiriusXM with 16% of the vote. Other was 15%, and there are a lot of comments down here. 
YouTube Music, 12%, Amazon Music, 7%, Pandora, which I am actually currently a $5 a month subscriber to, is 6%. And I will say this, a lot of the comments, and there were a lot of them, 39 comments on this, that's quite a bit, a lot of them just said, Spotify is all I wanted. Well, and you've already got it, so that's, I'm glad that Tesla is uh, making a lot of you happy already by supporting Spotify on there, but... uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what additional music services come to the Tesla fleet over the course of time. But welcome aboard Apple Music. That is good stuff right there. And by the way, we are still not done talking about new in-car entertainment topics this week. BGR.com reports that Tesla will bring Dolby Atmos to over 1 million cars. BGR writes, according to our source, Tesla has been working with major record labels for months to bring Dolby Atmos to Tesla cars. Once the software update rolls out, over 1 million Teslas that are currently on the road will support Dolby Atmos, including all newly manufactured vehicles. Dolby Atmos is a surround sound format from Dolby that uses height channels to interpret sounds as 3D objects. Dolby Atmos debuted in 2012 in Los Angeles and has since made its way into thousands of movie theaters, home theaters, and even cars. Well, thank you to BGR.com for that. So this, Dolby Atmos, combined with the addition of Apple Music, could be a very potent combo for those of you out there that subscribe to both premium connectivity in your Tesla and Apple Music. And the reason I say that is because Apple Music supports Dolby Atmos. I will say, I don't currently uh, subscribe to Apple Music, but if my 2018 Model 3 is one of the cars that would get this update, I might be super, super tempted to subscribe to Apple Music. Speaking honestly, I'll be honest with you, I'm actually really happy with the Slacker service that comes with the car. I have honed it and crafted it over the years so that it's basically KRJM Radio, or for those of you east of the Mississippi, WRJM. And if you're you're someone that's maybe under 30 that has no idea why I just put a K and a W in front of my own initials, it's because that's how radio call signs work. For whatever reason, in in the west of the United States, every radio station starts with K and then whatever its three call letters are and in the in the east they all start with W and I don't know why I should have looked that up for a little fun trivia fact during this episode but I didn't think to do it ahead of time anyway uh, as I mentioned I do have a Pandora account that has also been pretty nicely tailored to my musical preferences over the years but uh, if I'm honest I'm not really using it a ton So I could see dropping that and adding Apple Music if the Apple Music Dolby Atmos combo is awesome enough in the car. But uh, one final point on Dolby Atmos. I think we would all largely agree that the soundstage in the Teslas is really, really good. And and I'm saying that regardless of what other cars you want to compare them to. So... That means I'm really optimistic about Tesla bringing Dolby Atmos into our vehicles because it's probably going to sound really, really good. 
So let's see if this is part of the holiday update. I think that's probably the most likely scenario is that we see this on or around Christmas in about one month from now. Next up this week, in fact, the final three stories are a few quick hits for you. First up, for any Model Y performance owners out there who've been waiting for an update on the arrival of track mode for your vehicle, which of course the Model 3 performance has had for a few years now, here's the tiniest of updates for you. Elon responded to someone on Twitter asking about it, and Elon simply said, it's coming. Well, as we've seen with other feature requests via Twitter, that could mean that it arrives in weeks, could be months, could be years yet. But the odds suggest that it is definitely on the way. Because usually Elon does not say that a feature is happening multiple times because this has been brought up on Twitter before and he has spoken to it before. Usually, if he does address something multiple times, the feature doesn't never happen. It does actually, sorry, that was like a lame double negative, but the feature does happen. It's just a question of how long it takes. So it will find its way into the Model Y performance fleet. It's just a question of how much longer it's gonna take. Suffice it to say though, once that update arrives, you Model Y performance owners are going to be the baddest crossover SUV at your next local autocross meetup. Have fun with it, that's gonna be good. Next this week, Tesla announced via its very excellent Tesla Charging Twitter account, which I recommend following because every uh, that account posts every time Tesla opens a new supercharging location anywhere in the world. And they always attach a picture of that station to the post as well, which I think is really neat. So the at Tesla Charging Twitter account announced that Tesla now has 40,000 superchargers around the world and counting. Congratulations to the entire Tesla Supercharger team for this really, really cool milestone. I know at least some of you on that team listen to this podcast. So seriously, congratulations, bravo. That is just crazy. I mean, think about that. 40,000 stations. Not... I mean, that's that's a lot. That is a lot of superchargers. I mean, and the supercharger network's been one of the brands, I mean, it's been one of Tesla's biggest strengths for, actually, it's been a full decade now, an entire 10 years of supercharging. And even as the company is preparing to open that supercharging network up to other automakers here in the US, it's still gonna remain a major competitive advantage because it's just so easy to use. And on top of that, your in-car UI, if you're driving a Tesla, takes almost all of the thinking out of it for you by telling you which charger to go to, which station to go to, if any chargers at that station are not functioning at that point in time, how much charge you'll have when you arrive there, how long you need to stay there and charge for, and of course, if you're driving a Tesla, that car will even precondition itself in order to maximize your supercharger output to you know charge you up as fast as possible, which I'm not sure, that I, I'm not saying this because I'm actually not certain, but I'm not sure that any other EV on the market does that, actually optimizes its battery temperature when you're on approach, when you're en route 
to a supercharger in order to get it to the optimal temperature for the maximum supercharger throughput. And so 40,000 in the books, here's hoping that Tesla gets to 50,000 superchargers worldwide before we know it. Yeah, we'll have to see how long the next 10,000 takes versus the previous 10,000. Finally this week, GM, General Motors, claims to have serviced over 11,000 Tesla vehicles. This story was just bizarre enough where I went, wait a second, I gotta read this. And I thought, well, if it's, if it's piquing my curiosity, you'd probably wanna hear about it too. I saw this story reported on Drive Tesla Canada who writes, General Motors has found a new business line, servicing Tesla vehicles. According to GM, their network of dealers has now serviced over 11,000 Tesla vehicles in the United States. GM President Mark Royce dropped the news during GM's Investor Day in New York City this past week. When asked about serving Tesla, Royce said this, quote, that's a growing business for us. I gotta say, it's a new business, end quote. Well, um, hand up in the back of the class over here. I have a question, how? I suppose servicing a Tesla could mean changing its tires, doing alignment, stuff like that. Because we can be reasonably certain that GM's not doing any battery management stuff, any software-based stuff, or anything else that's proprietary on the cars, on the Teslas. So I'd be curious to learn more details about this. I wish GM would have provided them at their, uh, at their event there. But don't get me wrong, I think this is great. GM gets its techs trained up on EVs, uh, or at least you know more used to working on them faster, since the reality is that Tesla makes way more EVs than GM does at the moment, and therefore it should help speed up the overall training process for their technicians. Tesla customers, that would be us, get additional options for having our cars taken care of when Tesla service centers are backed up. Obviously, that's going to be contingent on the work that you need. I don't expect GM, as I mentioned, you know, they're not going to be able to do everything on your car, but if they can get you aligned or change your tires or whatever whatever they are able to do, that's that's good. You know, if the if your local Tesla service center can't get you in for a couple weeks, you've got another option potentially. So, all in all, I think everybody wins on this. It's a strange story and one I did not expect to read, but one I'm happy to read. So good on you, GM. I think this is cool. All right, that is the end of the week in Tesla news. Stick with me though. I've got plenty of your excellent Ride the Lightning hotline calls coming up. Later on in the podcast, your pro tip of the week, I'll talk a little bit about what's going on with me and my world this week. All of that and more, stay tuned right after this. Before I get to the Ride the Lightning hotline calls, let me remind you, you've got about one month left to use that $100 off discount code, which is LIGHTNING, if you're gonna get that AccelerateAuto.com Xcare extended warranty for your Tesla. Remember, 
These guys are former Tesla guys themselves. They've stepped up to offer an extended service agreement where Tesla no longer does. That means you can get all sorts of things covered under this, like computer systems in the Model 3, MCU replacements, door handles for the older Model S's, AC and HVAC issues, air suspension on the S and the X, all that and more are covered by Xcare and that extended service plan. Once your four-year 50,000-mile factory warranty is up, much as mine is, these plans are built specifically with electric vehicles in mind. You can get coverage for up to 10 years, up to 175,000 miles, and as low as a $100 a month, or $100 per incident, I should say, deductible. I've got a three-year 40,000-mile plan myself. They also offer leasing, if you're interested in that, uh, without the cookie cutter approach that you tend to get from Tesla, meaning you have to turn the car back in. You, we don't have to do that with Accelerate Auto. If you wanna keep the car at the end of the lease, you are able to do so. Learn more and find the right extended warranty plan for you and your Tesla at accelerateauto.com slash xcare. That's X-C-E-L-E-R-A-T-E-A-U-T-O dot com slash X-C-A-R-E. And again, don't forget to use that discount code, which is lightning for $100 off your purchase. Time for the Ride the Lightning Hotline. If you've got a question, comment, or discussion topic for the podcast, I would absolutely love to hear from you. You can call in on the Ride the Lightning Hotline anytime, toll-free at 1-888-989-8752. Again, that number is 1-888-989-TSLA. You can also use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software. Record your question. Either way, whatever method you use to call in, please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less so that I can get to as many callers each week as possible. And then email the file to me if you're using your your smartphone's voice uh, recording app. Email the file, teslapodcast at gmail.com. That's my email address. And as for the Ride the Lightning Hotline, it is provided by lifeonrecord.com. If you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. First up is Jeremy from New Zealand, who actually went ahead, as I had hoped and figured somebody would, Jeremy went ahead and attempted to swap his Model 3 taillights for the newer style that are now going on the Performance 3s, a.k.a. the Model Y taillights. Take it away, Jeremy. Hi, Ryan. It's Jeremy from Christchurch, New Zealand. Just following up on your episode a couple of weeks ago where you were talking about the new style tail lights and wondering if anyone had swapped the older style ones from pre uh, 2021 uh, to the new style ones i have as a matter of fact i did it a couple of months ago when they first i noticed they were first available in uh, new zealand and ordered them um, so a little bit of information for anyone that's interested i should say that this information is specific to new zealand i'm guessing that the uh, fittings are the same in other parts of the world, but it it may be region-specific, so it would be worth checking with Tesla before you go to the trouble of doing it. Anyway, uh, basically ordered up the new lights and uh, didn't realise that um, Tesla differentiated between the, the outer tail lights and the inner tail lights that are um, attached to the trunk lid. 
So when I placed the order, they supplied the outer tail lights. Uh, they were very easy to swap over. It's probably about a half hour to 40 minute job and um, very straightforward, just a matter of taking the old ones out, popping the new ones in. Um, I then, when I realized that it hadn't included the trunk tail lights, ordered those and uh, decided to try and swap those over to get the um, twin reversing lights and twin fog lights because in New Zealand we only have one on each side as standard on the pre-2021 models. Turns out that the trunk tail lights are not compatible to be switched over. The existing connector on the older Model 3s has a uh, 1.6cm 3-pin connector and the new one has a 2.2cm 4-pin connector, so it's not possible to switch them over. Now, unfortunately, Tesla didn't tell me that, so I went ahead and purchased them and only found that out when I tried to swap them over. Uh, Tesla did refund my money, though, and I just left my old ones in there. Uh, one side note that's probably worth noting for anyone that's interested, um, Tesla are very happy, if you need to, for you to access the uh, service manual um, online, which you can do as an owner. It's free for a year and all you need to do is basically log in with your tesla account credentials and you can have access to the full service manual for non-safety related items so that actually walks you through on a step-by-step basis for all aspects of uh, vehicle maintenance and um, very very helpful it's exactly the same manual that their service technicians use as i say it doesn't include things like airbags and obviously safety items seat belts but things like removing body panels, um, changing out lights, adjusting things, it's all in there and uh, free for owners. So that was uh, something that was very useful and good to find out. Anyway, sorry it's been a bit longer than 90 seconds, but I uh, thought it might be useful information for anyone. And uh, love the show. Keep it up. Give Daisy a pat for me and uh, looking forward to the next episode. Cheers. Bye. Thank you, Jeremy, for taking us on that journey with you. I, I really appreciate you taking the initiative on that and then sharing the results with me and your fellow Tesla owners. I'm sure I'm not the only one who was curious about that. Go figure that the connector in the inner taillights is indeed different. And by the way, good tip about the service manual as well. That can definitely be useful for doing you know, the projects you can in your own garage, even if it isn't too much in a Tesla, like I was talking about with the GM servicing the cars earlier. There's there's not a necessarily, you can't get into the nitty gritty if you're not Tesla themselves, but hey, you use the service manual and you'd be surprised some of the projects that you can pull off on your own. Cheers, Jeremy. And next up is Chris from Boston. Hey, Ryan, this is Chris from Boston. I'm new to the Tesla family, so I'm new to your podcast, but I've gone all in. I have a 2022 Tesla Model S. I have solar panels on my roof with two power walls. And today I took possession of a 2023 Model Y Performance. I've listened to your program and I know you guys have discussed what's rumored for changes on 2023. So I can attest to you that I did receive, much to my surprise, one that had 12 ultrasonic sensors around the edge. Made me very happy. And then the other uh, rumors that I've heard are uh, yoke steering wheel and perhaps getting rid of the, the turn signal and gear stocks. That is not true, or at least it's not on my model. Both uh, the stocks are there as well as the steering wheel being round. Anyway, appreciate the podcast and good work and keep it up. Thanks. 
Chris, welcome to the Tesla family and to the Ride the Lightning podcast. Glad to have you and thank you for your call. Shout out to your friend Steve in Seattle. Steve, good job in turning Chris on to Ride the Lightning. I love it. Anyway, Chris, you really have gone all in. The new S and a brand new Model Y performance are quite the pair. Both of those, I suspect, should keep a smile on your face for quite some time. I'm going to venture a pretty solid guess that your Model Y's VIN might be one of the very last North American Model Y VINs to have those ultrasonic sensors. So congrats on that. And as for the 2023 model year changes, my suspicion that the steering wheel and stalks might be changed has clearly not been tied to any model year changeover. Is it still happening? If so, maybe, and if so, the big question is when, right? It'll happen when it happens, and with Tesla, the answer is that it could happen at absolutely any time during the course of the model year. I do remain fascinated by that rumor, though, that stocks are going to go away in the 3 and the Y. Enjoy those Teslas, Chris, and thank you for listening to the podcast. Next, let's go to our friend, the Tesla Barbarian, with a good phone key tip. DMC Ryan, it's your friend the Tesla Barbarian, formerly known as the Real Life Tiny. I'm just calling with a quick response for Alan from episode 380, who was lamenting his woes about not being able to get into the Model 3 because it would not unlock when he would approach it. I have had the exact same problem. I don't know if it's for the same reason as Alan, though. I figured it out. Whenever I wear cargo pants or cargo shorts, which I wear for my day job... If I carried the phone in the leg pocket of the cargo pants, then when I approached the car, the car wouldn't recognize the phone almost every time. And so I figured out that I had to turn that particular leg towards the car and then raise my knee up. I call it the Tesla two-step. I don't know if this will cure the problem for Alan, but it might be something worth mentioning because it only happens to me and always happens to me when I'm wearing the cargo pants. And the Tesla two-step has fixed that problem almost every single time. I've got to the point now where it's habit. If I'm wearing cargo pants, I walk up to the car, do a little Tesla two-step, and I'm right in the car with no problems. On the rare, rare, rare occasion that the Tesla two-step doesn't fix it, I actually don't ever have to unpair the car and repair the phone to the car. I just take my phone out. I turn my Bluetooth off in settings. Just count to 10. Bluetooth back on. Just like magic, we're back in business. So I hope this helps, Ryan. Thank you for doing the podcast every week. Love listening to it. Say hello to Daisy and, of course, the new puppy that will soon be a service animal. Thanks, Ryan. Keep doing the good work, brother. TB, thank you very much. I know I played a few calls on this subject last week, but... This is one more good suggestion that I've personally used myself. In fact, I'll go you one better. Not better, just I'll go you one more, I guess. You don't even need to count to 10 after you turn off the Bluetooth. Just turn it off in the phone settings and then flip it right back on. I just had to do this, in fact, for the first time in a while the other day, and whenever I do need it, it always works like a charm. Good tip on the cargo pants, too. Uh, P.S. Thank you to Bill from Wisconsin for calling in with the same helpful suggestion, although technically, I'll note, Bill might have done us both one better, and Bill said, you know, just turn on airplane mode and then turn it off, which has the same effect, because when you do airplane mode, it turns off Bluetooth, so... Thank you, Bill. Thank you to the Tesla Barbarian. Thanks to everybody who's uh, been so helpful in responding on that topic, giving us all some, some good phone key tips. 
Next up is John from Frederick, Maryland. Hey, Ryan, John from Frederick again. Uh, regarding your comment about utility companies becoming the new oil companies, I don't think it's very likely. Um, utility companies can't drastically raise prices at a moment's notice. They're heavily regulated by public utility commissions pretty much everywhere in the U.S. Um, you know, no doubt that infrastructure costs are going to go up in the next couple of years as a lot of new EVs uh, get released and we have to build some more infrastructure and bolster the infrastructure we have. And But I, th I see that leveling off as we get renewables, you know, more renewables, more solar, more wind. Uh, I know in Maryland, solar farms are going up left and right everywhere on farmland. Um, in any event, uh, I don't think it's as big a deal as maybe uh, others think it is. So anyway, hope that helps. John, thank you for your measured response to my offhand thought there from several episodes back. Your call does help to answer your question. You're right about regulation, and you're right about renewals helping to keep those energy costs down as they become more and more prevalent. I suppose the one thing I'd say, and believe me, I hope you're right, I'm not trying to argue against you in the slightest here, is that out here in California, our one and only main utility provider, PG&E, has already been raising the rates quite a bit over the past couple of years to a somewhat disturbing degree, if I'm being honest. I mean, maybe disturbing is too strong of a word, but to an annoying degree at the very least. But then again, everything costs an arm and a leg up here. I trust you'll be a lot more correct about this than I am. Thank you so much for calling in. Got time for one more call this week. It's going to come from John in Western Massachusetts. This is John from Western Massachusetts with a feature request that may only affect a small number of owners for now, but which could become an important part of helping to stabilize the grid as EV ownership grows. I recently received an email from National Grid, my electricity provider, for a pilot program where they decide when my Tesla charges if charging at home, hence helping to balance the grid. I was offered a discount on power used for the car. However, as I began the process, they wanted my Tesla account username and password, and I was unwilling to do that. There are two cars, solar panels, power walls, over $100,000 worth on the account, and it was certainly not worth the risk for a few pennies per kilowatt hour. So my feature request is for Tesla to create a separate system or temporary password for users to provide power companies to allow them minimal access, just enough to control charging at home. Payment systems like Apple Pay already do something similar with credit cards, providing an extra level of security, so it should be possible. Long term, if the electricity providers can plan charging times for at least some EVs, that should help balance the ever-increasing load. Anyway, thanks again for all you do. Look forward to the podcast each week and give Daisy a pat on the head for me. Thanks for the call, John. I probably would have made the same decision you did in that situation, I'm just personally, I'm, I don't want to give anybody my Tesla account login. When I got my solar quote from Tesla, they did want access to my utility company account so that they could see my energy usage. They did that with an API handshake thing. Sorry, I'm not a programmer or software engineer, but the software engineers in my audience right now are probably like just nodding their heads in, in disapproval at me. But anyway, uh, the thing that I used sounds similar to what you'd want. So in theory then, the solution for this already exists, it'd just be up to your utility company to implement it in a safe and equitable way. Thanks, John. Thanks to everybody who took the time to call in. Again, I love to hear from you. 
Feel free to call in anytime if you've got a question, comment, or discussion topic for the podcast. Dial me up. I gave you the call-in instructions at the top of this segment. But don't go anywhere. There's plenty of Ride the Lightning still to come right after this. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117. You're listening to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. You know, that Cybertruck looks a lot like a warthog, doesn't it? Master Chief, out. Welcome to the Spirit of Adventure section of the podcast, where I tell you what I'm up to. Well, the Daisy Diet update, thanks to those of you who've reached out supportively. So far, so good. We're, I guess, of this recording, I'm just now, I guess, seven days in. We've done a week's worth. It is going pretty well. I'm still not convinced that she's, like, fully adjusted to it. I mean, I'm the thing I got is a transition pack that's like 15 days worth of food. So still moving through the transition, but she's definitely loving it. I'll say that as soon as that raw meat goes down, she is, she's all over it. She loves it. So, so far, so good there. I will say my poor boxer is getting mauled by little puppy Zelina's sharp puppy teeth. Daisy has got Uh, several bloody scabs all over her jowls and neck from just those little puppy teeth jumping up and grabbing onto her. But Daisy's been doing a really good job of, of letting it happen, of just letting the puppy be and not, you know, not getting rough with the puppy in return. So uh, it is fun to watch them play. Also, the power wall for sale that I had, that extra one from my cousin Pat after he passed away, it has been claimed. Thank you so much to those of you who reached out with showing interest on that. So it is going to a good home. And then, hey, an entertainment recommendation for you. It's a show on Netflix that I've just started digging into. I'm like three episodes in. It's called Chef's Table Pizza. I think there might be other chef's tables, but this, whatever it is, six, seven, eight episodes is all chronicling these famous pizza makers. The first episode is about Chris Bianco, who runs Pizzeria Bianco in Phoenix, Back where, of course, I am from, well, not originally from, but where I mostly grew up, where my parents still are, and I've been to Bianco several times, so it was kind of neat to see his life story and see that. So if you love pizza, as I do, check out Chef's Table Pizza on Netflix. Time for a pro tip of the week. Joel from New Jersey. Go ahead. Hey, Ryan. This is Joel from New Jersey. I love the show. Hope Daisy is doing well. I got an interesting pro tip. With the new UI... There's no button anymore to stop the seat from moving if you have your seat programmed to to move back when you get in and out of the car. So sometimes, you know, I'll stop the car, but I don't really want to move the seat back and forth. It's just a quick or whatever. Um, just to save the motor from always moving back and forth. If you, being that they remove the stop button, if you hit one of the buttons on the side of the seat, it will stop the seat from moving. Hope that helps, people. Thanks. That's a really good one, Joel. Thank you for that. There are times when I don't want my easy entry to trigger. Not often, but every now and again. So I'm going to file that one away for future reference. Thanks for calling in. And to anybody else out there who has a pro tip of the week that you'd like to share with me and your fellow Tesla owners and enthusiasts, please call in with it. Call in the very same way that you would with a regular Ride the Lightning hotline call. And I'll play another pro tip near the end of the podcast next week. All right. Uh, I think I forgot. Did I forget this last? No, it's still going. We're good. Abstractocean.com is running a Black Friday sale through November 28th. Now, I realize this podcast is going up 
the morning of the 27th, so that doesn't leave you a lot of time, but hopefully you're listening to the podcast earlier in the week this week because the Black Friday sale that's running through November 28th at abstractocean.com is uh, is unique in that not only do they have reductions of 20 to 30%, some things 40% off, but the, uh, the little birdie told me that you can use the RTL podcast coupon code on top of those deals for an even more awesome deal. So uh, check that out, abstractocean.com. They've got so many excellent aftermarket Tesla accessories of all kinds, from the tempered glass screen protectors to the rear footwell lighting kits, other interior lighting kits, drop-in cup holder stabilizer, etc., etc. There's a ton of stuff over there. You got to take a look abstractocean.com. Don't forget to add that RTL podcast coupon at checkout on top of the Black Friday deals for some really serious savings. Next up, the snap plate for the Model 3, Model Y, Model X, and Model S as well, available at everyamp.com slash RTL as my voice cracked a little bit right there. That was awesome. I'm going to power through it like it didn't even happen. Everyamp.com slash RTL. See, I did it that time. No problem. All good. Just to pretend you didn't hear it the first time. Anyway, it's the front license plate bracket that snaps on and off in seconds. It's paint safe. It's grill safe. It's radiator safe. And it's autopilot safe. It's a clean minimalist design that blends perfectly with the Tesla front end when it's installed and leaves no unsightly hardware or anything else like tape residue behind when it's removed. The, the license plate, the front plate holder that comes with your car only attaches via automotive adhesive. Don't use that because if you ever want to take it off, it's not going to go well. Make those fix-it tickets go away. Make uh, those other tickets go away if you're at a parking meter or going through a toll bridge, toll road, or something like that. But hey, take it off with you know nice and easy if you're going to be at a car show, if you're going to be detailing the car, everyamp.com slash RTL. An update, budgetsafesolar.com with my solar project. The new electrical panel is in. The next inspection and hopefully the final one where we'll get a pass is happening this coming week. So hopefully next week, I'm going to be able to tell you that I am done, that it's all set and hopefully our system's going to be getting activated. But we are hopefully at the end of the road here of all the, again, the budget safe solar part has gone pretty well. It's been the San Francisco regulatory part that's been a little bit of a stressful annoyance. But anyway... BudgetSafeSolar.com. Check them out. You're gonna you're gonna check out Tesla Solar as well. I did, but if Tesla doesn't work out for whatever reason, check out BudgetSafeSolar.com. Please use the referral code RTL if you decide to proceed with an installation. Immaculate Reflections. IRDetailing.com. An amazing detail shop. Jeff is the owner and proprietor there. He offers a nice little discount to any Ride the Lightning listener. So if you do reach out to book work through irdetailing.com, simply mention that you are a Ride the Lightning listener and he will give you that nice discount. If you're going to be in the greater San Francisco Bay Area, bring your car over to Immaculate Reflections. I promise you will not regret it. That car will come out looking far better than it did when it went in. Or if you're doing paint protection film, it'll come out 
far more protected for the little rocks and chips and bits of debris that are gonna come at it on the road than it did when you dropped it off. How about puretesla.com slash RTL, your one-stop shop for your dash cam and sentry mode setups. 128 gigabyte kit is just $49 and that's shipped free anywhere in the US. 69 bucks will get you the 256 gigabyte kit, comes fully formatted, ready to go, pop it out of the package, straight into your car, and you're all set. It works with Mac or PC if you're gonna take that drive out to review some of the footage and they will ship anywhere worldwide, just that free shipping anywhere in the US. If you're, if you're not in the US, there'll be a modest shipping and handling fee on that. They also have the nice wireless game controller kit as well, if you do a lot of gaming in your Tesla. So get all of that at puretesla.com RTL. Finally, the Patreon, I mentioned it at the top of the show, but it is uh, the Thanksgiving time of year. And if you are on Patreon with me already, you heard my giving thanks for the Tesla stuff in my life. And I certainly am very, very thankful for all of you that are kind enough to support me on Patreon. This podcast is free. It will always be free. The Patreon is there as a way that you can voluntarily choose to support what I'm doing here. Patreon is a a wonderful website where you can support your favorite creators of all things, whether it's musicians, authors, poets, Uh, musicians, all kinds of different creative outlets. In my case, it's podcasting. And you can do a recurring monthly pledge, which will keep those benefits coming to you month after month. uh, That, you know, there's different benefits attached to the different tiers of support. Or you can do the one-time annual pledge and you'll get 12 months of the, the associated perk with that pledge level. And on top of that, if you do the annual pledge, you get a 5% discount as well. So you can save a few bucks and get charged once to support the podcast for a whole year. Whatever you want to do, you can find out all the information at patreon.com slash Tesla podcast, Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. If you're not already subscribing to slash following the podcast on your favorite podcast service, please be sure to do that. That is totally free. It's just It just means that If you subscribe or follow on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, on Stitcher or TuneIn or Spotify, uh, it just means that the show will automatically push out to you every time there's a new episode. You don't have to remember to go look for it. I am also on YouTube, but it's just an audio syndication. There's no video there. But if you do just prefer to listen on YouTube, you can do that by searching Ride the Lightning Tesla on YouTube and you should find my channel very easily and you can then subscribe to that channel. My email address again is teslapodcast at gmail.com. My Twitter and Instagram handle, same handle on both, it's DMC underscore Ryan. And with that, let me mention and thank the wonderful higher tier Patreon backers. Starting with the Maximum Plaid crew, thank you so much to Jonathan Wales, Cameron Clark, Daniel Grummer, Seth Capello, Nick and Tony, the Galpin family, Ryan from Las Vegas, Darren Nickel, Kaz Barnes, Ulrich Lassa, Brett Libano, Patrick Wisniewski, Gil Cabrera, Watley, Eric Brown, Mark Eversole, Todd Badger, Joe Edgel, Kevin Yank, the Tesla Owners Club of San Joaquin Valley, Michael Williams, Will Stedman, 
Maitsuaru, Derek Nesselrote, Justin Perez, Jeremy Harris, Chris Beach, Tom Mills, Alex Brem, Tyler Smith, Corey O'Donnell, Matthew Graham Droneberger, Scott Gillis, Aaron, John Cody, Andre Kent, Joel Sapp, Kim Bay, Paul Casarino, Richard Corley, Chris Osborne, KB, We Drive Tesla EV Luxury Car Rental in Oahu, HaloBengals.com, Chris Pratt, Ken Epstein, Doug Carey, and James Gregory. That reminds me, actually, I should probably... Yes, I need to send out the December uh, monthly group Zoom Hangout invites and emails because that's going to be next Saturday, I think, December 3rd. i got to double-check my calendar, but most likely that's when that's going to happen. So I'll look forward to seeing hopefully a bunch of the Maximum Plaid crew in there because they're invited to that every month. But so are the Roadster and Space Tier backers because they are at an even higher tier. So I'll look forward to hopefully saying hello on that group Zoom Hangout to Pete White, Lyle Austin, Steve Radspinner, Fernando Cordero, Lawton from Chicago, Sean Neidig, Neil Weaver, Jackson Wallace, Rolf and Jennifer Evers, Howard Anthony Smith, Victoria Iacovetto, Tesla Hitchhiker 42, and Kara Weston. They, in addition to the monthly group hangout, they also get invited to a monthly one-on-one hangout with me, should they elect to, cha- to uh, choose that every month. And then finally, grandfathered in the Plaid level supporters. Thank you so much to George Cassioppo, David Brander, Logan Willis, Jason Chalukas, Tim Hyde, Peter Chalet, Eric Randolph, Dory and Steve Guberman, the Tesla owners of Taiwan, Ron Lee, Charlie Gillespie, David Perella, Dennis Peake, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, the Lydia family, Aaron Altshul, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Jamie Dalton, the Tesla Owners East Bay Club, Mike and Barbara from Louisville, David J. Howes, Travis Krenzel, Matt Nixon, the Tesla Owners Club of Wisconsin, Jonathan Zelezny, Ish, not Elon Musk, T. Kirk Lowry, Peter, and the Bear Boys of Colorado. And with that, you know, I've uh, actually managed on this holiday weekend to get the podcast done earlier in the evening than I normally do, so I think I'm going to go crack open uh, my favorite beer I was turned on to by the aforementioned Patreon supporter, Cos Barnes. Mother Earth, I've, I've probably mentioned this before, Mother Earth is the brewer, and the beer is Nitro Cali Creamin. It is the like lightest, smoothest beer I've ever had in my life. It pours, it just, oh, it's, try it if you see it. I mean, you know, the thing is, Everybody likes different kinds of beers, right? Like I'm not an IPA guy. I'm at the I'm at the opposite end of the scale from IPA. So uh, if that's also you, you will probably like Mother Earth Nitro Cali Cream. And but if you love IPAs, I don't know. Maybe you'd like this one. Maybe you wouldn't. But in any case, that's what I'm going to go do now because it's a three day, well four day weekend, and I am grateful for that, and I'm going to enjoy it. So. Happy electric motoring, my friends. I will see you back here for the regular show at the same time, 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, every Sunday. See you soon.
I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make it's it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun. 